0: Welcome to Snap. My name is Kimberly, and I'm your host today. Today's our very first episode. Our guest is Sarah Thursday. Sarah is a poet and a publisher, as well as a host and organizer for many poetry events in Long Beach. I interviewed her over the summer, so this is a pre-recorded interview. We had a few technical issues on the audio from my interview side, but Sarah sounds great. So I hope you enjoy the interview, and I hope you tune in for our next episode. Sarah, can you tell me a little bit about how you got into poetry and how you found yourself as a poet? Sure.
1: Um, I kind of feel like I have two... um, two eras of of myself being a poet. Um, I think when I was very young, um, I was in love with music and I kind of dreamed about like writing songs and I'd like sing songs in my head and I'd wanna write down the lyrics to that. Um, But I have like no natural ability to like create melodies or anything. So really all I was good at was making the words. Um, And then it kind of just translated. Um, Eventually those lyrics just were straight poems. Um, and so I did that for many years all through like high school, just wrote a lot of poems. I wasn't very, uh, connected to the poetry community during that time. Um, I think, you know, as some people do have this idea of, uh, poetry being, um, like we were talking about earlier, a little bit like pretentious or, uh, kind of, I don't know, intimidating. So I didn't technically get into, um, a, a community of poets until about five or six years ago. Um, So I had a long era in between where I wasn't writing and I wasn't involved with anything. So most of the things that I do now are uh, pretty recent, actually.
0: So you've started writing, you've been writing for quite some time, Mm -hmm. but you started submitting and studying the craft of poetry fairly recently.
1: I'd say, like, taking it more seriously and going beyond my own little bubble, my own tiny bubble. Um, Yeah, it was about five years ago.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, you've done quite a bit in that five years. This Uh, is true. (laughs) So I know you as a poet, but also as a publisher. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about your publications and how you got into publishing? Sure.
1: Um, I really, it kind of starts with um, my roots in making chapbooks when I was very young, as a, a teenager. Um, I did the DIY kind of literally with scissors and tape and and, uh, made my own little chapbooks long before there was any publishing software. Um, And I loved doing that. I found that um, I was just as much into the craft and art of assembling um, a book and, and stylizing it and creating that product that you can put in your hands I was just as much into that than that i was into just writing the poems in 2014 um i was starting to like i said i'd already been back into the poetry world a little bit and i had a friend who um, didn't have a chapbook i had made another one of my own a few months before that and we were doing a reading together a co-feature um and I said, you know, you really should, you know, put a chapbook together for this reading so you have something to sell as well. And she's like, oh, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I'm like, just do it, you know. And like, so I kind of nudged her. Um, and in that, I sort of thought, well, if I'm doing this for her, if I'm going to help her do this, um, I might as well give this a name and, you know, make this a thing. So um, I called it uh, Sadie Girl Press. Um, and that was my first kind of official publication was with Nancy Lanay Wu and um, we help, helped her put her first chapbook together, and we did it in about a week and a half or so. From there, it became this thing where I just really enjoyed um, publishing uh, like people in my community that, again, needed help getting that first chapbook out. So that's kind of the, the roots of that.
0: Tell me about your own uh, submission process.
1: Um, well, with my, with my own personal work, um, I think poetry for me um, is really a source of therapy. Um, I think we were talking, I was talking about it with some other people, and for me, poetry, I often work out the things, I want to say things in poems that I can't say directly to someone for whatever reason, I'm unable to um, have that conversation. So it oftentimes comes out in my poems. So poetry ends up being very therapeutic, so it's kind of my personal process. A lot of my poems um, have that tone of confessional poetry. For the submission process, actually, um, my very first, uh, I went to a workshop called the Poetry Lab, and the very first one I went to was called a Submission Sesh, and Daniel Mitchell led that, and she basically went over all the basics of how you submit to individual journals, and this was... I had submitted, like I submitted to like Cal State Long Beach uh, newspaper when I was much younger or my my high school literary uh, magazine. So I'd done a couple little things, Um, but she sort of opened the the door to learning how to um, find publications and um, what the steps and processes were to submit things. Um, From that, it sort of led, that same night led me into wanting to Pub, have my own website and collect Long Beach Poets. So a lot of my learning to submit was also learning to accept or to publish on my uh, as well, like publish online. So I kind of did it all at once. So I have, I have like three different websites. I have one called cadencecollective.net, that would be the first one. And that's where I was publishing local poets, so that's mm-hmm. where you would see that. Um, and then, then I have one for my press, Sadie Girl Press, and that's where I have the books um, mm-hmm. that I've published. And then I have a personal one for sarahthursday.com, so then that's just all my personal work.
0: Can you talk to me a little bit about Long Beach as um, a poetry center? Sure,
1: I think um, my love of Long Beach um, has you know, been there for a long time. I, I, I lived in Long Beach between the ages of 10 and 19, and then I left for a while. Um, and I never felt quite at home anywhere else. Um, so I came back in my later twenties, um, and I just always felt so much more at home here in Long Beach. And I love the community. I love the diversity. Um, I love the access to the arts. Um, I love how it feels like a small town, um, but has the you know the variety of activities like a large town does. So I think. That the spirit of Long Beach is something that I love celebrating in in the poetry community. I think that the poetry community is incredibly diverse. Um, I think the community um, has a lot to offer, and I love. I love. I have a, a strong passion for showing that off, um, making sure people discover people who are you know poets can be a little bit shy and introverted sometimes. Um, I think you know sometimes our poems are personal and we're you know a little afraid to do that. But I really I think. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, I feel called to do that or, I don't know, but it's definitely something I really enjoy doing is finding those poets and finding a way to give them a platform to share their work.
0: Well, you do a great job of that. Thank you. Just like, uh, even coming to your house for the workshops or or the readings, just uh, an incredible group of talented poets. Who are some of your influences, your poetic influences, or your art, artistic influences?
1: In the beginning, it was all about music. So I was definitely, you know, child of the late 80s, um, early 90s. But definitely my love of poetry, like I said, trying to write lyrics and such, um, was influenced by all the bands that I loved at the time. Um, and I considered them my influences for the longest time. I didn't, I wasn't very good at actually reading modern poets or reading, you know, actively reading poetry um, separate from music. Uh, So, you know, if if you want to say my early influences are something like, you know, uh, Morrissey or Robert Smith, (laughs) those sort of things um, where I love their lyrics and I love their their music and everything that they do. Um, Then when I started kind of getting more serious about poetry and taking it more seriously, my first big influence would be Sharon Olds. uh, my ex-boyfriend at the time, uh, lent me her hit, her book. And I feel like that book um, almost transformed my life. Like, I feel like it was, when I was done reading it, it made me feel uh, like I I really, really wanted to write poetry again. And it also made me feel like I should never write poetry again because <laughs> it would never be as wonderful as hers. Um, so I was quite enamored uh, with her and I actually got to see her um, at... Uh, AWP in in 2014, I got to uh, listen to her read at a conference. It was really wonderful.
0: Can you talk to me a little bit about your writing and revision process?
1: Sure. Everybody has a different process. I've definitely I went and in, in in sort of immersing myself in the poach community and learning um, in the last five years. Everyone has a different opinion about what the best process is, and. To me, it's like you got to find what works for you. Some people are like, you have to get up in the morning and write every single day. I am not a morning person and I'm not going to write in the morning. (laughs) Um, I'm definitely one of those people that write on impulse. I usually write better when I have something I need to process. There's, like I said earlier, like there's things I need to say and I don't know how else to say it. Um, And so I often sort of do what we call uh, like spill poetry, where you just kind of write, 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 write um, and then come back to it later. Um, some people um, are very meticulous about, you know, writing each word on the page, and they edit as they go, and they revise as they go, and they won't go forward until they do that. But um, for me, I'm more like, you know, get all those thoughts and words out as quickly as possible, and then I often just wait. I often will write it by hand um, with pencil in a journal, and then I'll come back to it maybe the next day, and then type it. And then when I get on my computer and I type it, that's when I do my revision because it's so much easier to revise on a computer because you can move words around, stanzas around, uh, do the line breaks, play with those sorts of things. Uh, so my revision process is definitely um, while I'm typing um, and putting it in. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I can be done with a poem pretty quickly during that time. Other times I'll go back to it again and again if it isn't quite there. Um, so it depends on the poem, how, how clear it comes out, I guess.
0: How do you know that you're
1: done with a poem? Well, there's nothing more you can do with it. <laughs> I don't, some people say you're never done with a poem. I don't really believe that because there's some poems it's like there's, I would, you know, I've, I've had those poems for many, many years and they've stayed the way they are and I haven't wanted to change them. Um, sometimes poems, I'm, it, it, like right now I'm going through a process of putting together another book and I'm looking at poems that I've written in the last five years or so. Um, and there's poems that have been published already in like individual journals that I'm actually revising, um, in some cases, a lot. Uh, I'm not doing a lot of that, but occasionally. So I think most of the time, when the poem says exactly what you need it to say in the way you need to say it, um, and you feel that sort of finality, then it's done. But um, sometimes, yeah, some people are never done.
0: So what are you working on now? You're working on a new book?
1: Yeah, so. I, um, earlier this year, released a chapbook called 17 Poems Not About a Lover, and it's a collaborative project that I did with um, Alessandra Neismanger, who's a local musician and artist Girl about town, <laughs> phenomenal, um, and so we did a collaborative book where she did uh, this incredible art for each and every every poem that I wrote in the book. Um, so that was a little side project that I wanted to do. Uh, the project I'm working on now has been something I've wanted to do for probably the last four years. Um, I've been writing quite a bit in these different um, through different periods in my life. Uh, I wasn't quite ready to. To do this book yet and I wasn't sure what it was going to be because I have quite a bit of poems that I've written like I said um, at one point uh, when I first got into poetry again I was writing specifically on this one breakup that's so all my poems about this one breakup so I was like I could write a whole book I could just make a whole book just about poems about him um, so then I did so my first uh, full-length book is all the tiny anchors and it's um, just about this one relationship so in in sort of putting all those poems in that in that one book, it left all these other poems without a home or without a, like a bigger home, I guess, because I've done some chapbooks since then. Um, so this is, this is a larger collection that spans, um, the last five years. It is relationship based, but it isn't based on one relationship this time. I didn't want to do that. Um, it's more, it could be, you know, the different variety of people that have come in and out of my life or how they've affected me. I wanted, I, I've been avoiding, like when, like I said, the last project was 17 poems not about a lover. So that was specifically trying to uh, focus my poems that weren't in a romantic love. Um, These poems, for the most part, do center around romantic relationships. Um, So this is the the project that I'm working on.
0: Mm, Do you have a name for it?
1: I do. Is
0: it too soon or? I don't
1: know. I can, no, it's fine. It might change. I don't know. For now, uh, the title for the uh, book is Conversations with Gravel. Um, so we'll see if that stays.
0: That's a great title.
1: Struggled with the title for, I think for me a lot of times a project can't come together until the title's there. Mm. Um, I think when you have a good title, um, it helps tie what the book is gonna be. And I felt like beginning of the summer was a little stuck and I wasn't sure like, I had so many poems, I had poems about my family, I had poems about you know my healing process, my own mental illness, um, and then breakup poems. And so I had all these kind of different genres of poetry, a lot of um, impressionist poems, and I wasn't sure what to do, but the, the, the romantic relationship poems seemed to be the ones that needed to be put together the most. When I thought about it, they just kept calling me. But um, with the title, I've gone through many different versions of it in my head since I started this project. Um, but I realized the majority of the poems that I'm putting together are these conversations that I'm having with these different people, whether they're conversations with myself or they're conversations, um, you know, with a romantic partner. Um, so I felt like conversations with gravel made sense. Um, the gravel portion of it, um I had a lot of fun researching gravel because I knew I wanted to use that. But the idea of something like rock and stone that is so hard, um, but in order to be turned into gravel, it has to be broken over and over again. Um, And I think that's why I really love the, the, uh, the imagery of gravel.
0: How do you raise interest of poetry in a community?
1: Um, that's a great question. I think that a lot of times when I mention to people that I do poetry, they're like, ah, I don't really like poetry. Um, but I really feel like a lot of people just don't know what poetry really is. They don't realize the amount of variety there is in poetry. Like I mentioned earlier, poetry is similar to music in that there's tons of different genres. Um, there's very technical poetry that it's very classic. If you think of like classical music, um, there's a genre of poetry that's like that they can kind of take over, uh, take after the you know, um, the the classic poets of a long time ago. But then there's also very young modern poets who are writing things um, you know that are more relevant to today, and they're s- telling their stories today. Um, I teach poetry to my um, students as well, and the way I present it to them is they're telling their stories. Um, So I think getting that interest out is making sure they know the freedom that they have. And that's something I love about poetry is the amount of freedom you have in telling your stories. Mm -hmm. So exposing them to the wide variety of ways you can tell your story. And I think most people deep down want to tell their stories. They want to speak about themselves. So poetry is a a way that you can do that. So I like um, showing them that they can tell their story through poetry.
0: Speaking of that, did you bring some poems that you I be did. Wanting?
1: I can read something from um, my first full-length book, which is All the Tiny Anchors. I love that. The one title. I referenced I early. Thank you. I, get, I, I love titles. Um, I think titles, I know some people don't like titles and they, they really avoid them, but for me, that's another opportunity to play with words, it's another opportunity to create an image. It's another opportunity to set the tone for the poem and I'm always, or the other project, so I'm always excited about titles, so. And let me find a, um, well, I guess I'll read the, the very first poem in this book and it kind of, um, and it sets the tone for the book. Plump tomatoes. These are the kinds of poems they want us to write about black red birds in the sky and the plumpness of tomatoes soft against your tongue, how it relates to our humanity and our connection to the eternal. But I don't relate to birds, and tomatoes, though I will eat them endlessly, do not keep me up at night. When I am forced to flatten the pages of my journal, it's the calluses on his fingers, how I want to scrape them, scratch his dead skin off until he forgets me. But he has already forgotten me. So that's the tone of that book. Um, I'll read, I'll read one from, uh, my newest collection, which is 17 poems, not about a lover. Um, I know on the podcast you can't really see it, but there's incredibly beautiful, um, illustrations. They're three-dimensional, um, art pieces, cut out paper cut art art um, with every single poem. So Who did they... Alessandra Neiswanger is the, the artist.
0: Fabulous. So. love the co- the cover on that. It's yeah. super cool.
1: That's beautiful. Uh, she really made this pro- this book a, uh, a work of art. So I'll read one of these. So While the title of this is 17 Poems Not About a Lover, it's definitely still about love. Um, It's just non-romantic love. So it's love with family, love with myself, that sort of thing. So all of them are still love and heartbreak poems, just not not about a lover. (laughs) So I'll read you this one. Boy emaciating slow. What will I do with your skeleton bones when your teeth can no longer hold the flesh of your lips? What brown eyes will fill the spaces in your skull when these ones dry up, dissolve into vapor and dust? Will your bones keep memories, keep the rhythm of your laughter locked into marrow? How your small hands grew into man, how I kissed them tipped in icing, wiped them from grass and soil, held them to my cheek as I sung you to sleep? What can limbs and ribs and vertebrae do to capture soul? What does your skin encase when you are sloughing out from under it? Where will your soft curls rest when your scalp surrenders? When the cords of your throat fray and limp? How will you say, I love you? That's that one. <laughs> um, how many
0: did you want me to read? You could read
1: more. I can listen to you read all day. And so I'll read you something from this one. And this one is uh, probably a mini version of the project I'm I'm working on now, like um, a lot of these poems are going to be in the new book, so I'll read one of these. Paper airplane. We keep gnawing at roots, sopping in alcohol. I am full, you still starve. You want me bath soaked, I need you tree hollow. So I tear at your bark skin until you bleed spoiled sugar. Open my fingers and peel sunset leaves from my palms. Spit the pulp from my tongue, lay it flat into perfect white triangles. Press out every last drop of rain. Let sunlight inhale what's left. Even your teeth hate how little I want to kiss you as you wither, I fold you in half, crease your edges, nose you forward, refuse to watch what happens next
0: <laughs> that is gorgeous thank
1: you I said that, these are all of the I think almost every single poem in this uh, little one will be in my next book.
0: They have two questions left. Any advice to starting or new poets
1: probably one of the best pieces of advice that i got that i didn't do before was to read other poets um, which is why i do the poetry book club (laughs) Um, still need to get better at it but i think when i find a book of poetry that i really love um, it makes me want to write there it inspires me it challenges me to push my you know my boundaries so reading other poets is really great Um, go to readings especially ones that are poetry focused like I said there's open mics with mixed um, uh, acts but go find some poetry only readings those are also incredibly inspirational and you learn a lot you see a lot of variety Depending on the the open on the reading, but you can see a lot of what's out there and what people are doing and how they're experimenting with their words. Uh, So it'll open your mind to that sort of thing. So I'd say those two things are um, what really got me going when I started up about five or six years ago was attending readings um, and read picking up poetry books and, and reading them. You gotta, not everything, you know, is inspirational, but you gotta just kind of go through until you find those poets that you love. So,
0: Great advice, really. Um, and if you were to start a poem about Long Beach or title one, what, what would it be?
1: I actually have written poems about Long Beach. I have a poem about Long Beach called All the Ways I Love You. Um, and it's, basically about all the ways I love Long Beach. So it would definitely continue to celebrate its diversity, um, its uniqueness, its embracing. I think um, that's hard to nail down and because it's such a big thing. But uh, yeah, I've written at least one that's just generally an ode to Long Beach in general. And then I've written other ones that, you know, have Long Beach as the setting. So
0: is there anything in particular that you would like to share with us or end with? or?
1: Oh, you had a lot of great questions. Um, I guess if you are interested um, in a lot of the things that I'm, you know, if you want to know more, if you want to get access to some local poets, you can go to sadiegirl.com and I have uh, a, quite a bit of variety of books. Um, online for sale so if you want to get get a hold of those books for your to get your reading started you can do that
0: <laughs> excellent anyway thank you so much for joining me on my my inaugural uh, podcast here and my uh, pleasure thank you for tuning in and listening to snap this project is supported in part by arts council for long beach and the city of long beach I'd also like to thank our poets and I'd like to thank you listeners for tuning in.